This episode has been brought to you by... <laughs> this episode has been seized and sanitized by... Republication, your glorious leaders of free democracy and stuff. <laughs> and taking control of all of us. <laughs> Katie and Brady on the podcast! We're back from the gulag. We were in a gulag? Yes. Oh, I don't know. I don't know about you. I fucking was in a gulag. Well, you were in life's gulag. I, is that what life is? That's what we're referring to life now is the life gulag. Life is the gulag now, yeah. I was in the cattle show gulag, and oh, you yeah. were in the children carrying gulag, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I wasn't as posed for time as you were, because you literally had a lot going on, so... Um, I'm not going to say the hiatus was Katie's fault, but the hiatus was Katie's fault. How <clears> dare <throat> you? I no, would I'm just joking. I had, you. I had uh, you know, t- <laughs> child care schedules changed a little bit. Obviously, it's summer break now for the kids, and she had all these cattle shows and all the other stuff going oh, on. Oh, it's and actually my daughter's fault. We're going to blame we're her. Gonna, let's just, yeah, well, let's put all of this on, on her back. Yeah, we're going to blame her because she's, she's not here to defend herself. She's so not. Well, and it's like every weekend <laughs> I had a cattle show, and then we had that massive 4th of July party, and then you couldn't yeah. be oh, here at certain fun. times because your drop-offs changed. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we we almost did a, a quick impromptu like half hour show on the Fourth of July, but it was also just too chaotic. So well, I had my kid running around like a freaking animal, and oh, when he put his he cookies in the gravel and like sifted <laughs> them for flavor and then ate them was the greatest was moment gold. of my life. I, and, he, and they 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 set up this redneck uh, slip and slide. Like this did. was an extravagant little shindig for the Fourth. It was like screw the lockdowns and everything. This was just a no. Good there time. were seventy five people here. We, I counted. We definitely expressed our freedom on Independence Day. It was amazing. It was a freedom party. Uh, Idaho rocks. But anyway, so like they had, they set up this redneck slip and slide. It got all oiled up and it was perfect, right? It had a little pool at the end. Yes, you slid into and the pool. And the gigantic teenagers, because whatever they're putting in the water or the meat around here is just mm. insane. But there's these gigantic teenagers using it. Well, my one and a half year old son, almost two year old son now, he just goes and stands at the in the middle of the pool at the end. Yep. And the teenagers, for whatever reason, I don't know if they weren't observant or if they're just assholes. They didn't care. They just kept slipping and sliding. So I had to constantly get put myself in harm's way to save my son from the tumbling, tumbling masses of meat coming at him. The two hundred and forty pounds of giant teenager. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The whole thing looked like like an Animal Planet special. There was prepubescence and body hair and everything all over the place. It was amazing. And there was a little kiddie pool on the side that one of my friends bought. And then your son just stood in that and screamed at the kids. And I really liked it. Oh, that was hilarious. Yeah, Yeah. he's like ah, like a caveman. Yeah. And then the other kids were teaching him how to use the squirt guns, which to squirt the the animals. I mean the teenagers. Yes. Well, there was about twenty of them, so they went hard for. They stayed in that thing for six hours. (laughs) It was great. It was pretty great. And then they were all exhausted at one point. And so then my son had the, the water all to himself. It was wonderful. It was, it was wonderful. wonderful. We didn't get fireworks this year because it's been immensely dry. I'm sure you've all heard of the heat wave up here in the Pacific Northwest. So yeah, we yeah. got roasted and toasted and burnt and everything you can imagine. I want to put nice. the I sur- I want a shirt that says I survived the 2021 heat dome. Yeah. Because that, that guys, that is, it is. Many the, people did die from this. 116 like, actually. Uh, did you guys know, fun fact, um, heat is actually the number one killer as far as weather patterns are concerned I lost like it kills more than hurricanes tornadoes everything i had a casualty here on the farm 
I lost oh, a chicken. Oh, yeah, that's right. You yeah, lost I had a chicken. A, I had a chicken, which is normal because chickens, guys, they die. It's pre-roasting. Yeah, right? it is. It was just pre-death. <laughs> and she was older. And old people die of the heat, just not just humans. Like, yeah. old things, it's really hard to well, regulate old people are also stubborn, and they refuse to, like, drink water and cool themselves off, too. So there, there's well, that. Unless you think I'm a negligent farm owner, I work my ass off during the heat dome. It's the because lack of gray matter. Constant, you know, no one likes to drink warm water, so all my animals, I'm going out, and I'm dumping their tubs, and I'm filling it with cool water twice or two or three times a day during the heat wave especially although i have seen studies and i don't know how accurate these are but there are studies that say drinking warm water no matter what time of the year it is is healthier not like hot water obviously well my thing is is they're not going to want to drink warm water during a hot time and but that makes sense i well the asian culture loves warmer water in fact i had a friend that lived in korea and she said they wouldn't drink cold water i don't know if that's accurate but she said they always like their warmer yeah Yeah, it's an anecdote take it as you will But I thought that was interesting because I actually prefer to drink warm water in the winter. Yeah, your body just like can process it faster. I still and drink- it's almost instant anyway. Like you drink a glass of ice water, you're almost you're still like almost instantly Warming absorbing the water. Yeah, but your body has to warm it up a little bit first. Well, burns it also more calories. steals it steals body heat. So yeah, you're burning more calories. So there's this like this random little paper I was reading about how it's like better to drink warmer water, like at least room temperature water. As then, opposed to cold water or hot water. But I like cold water. My water comes out of the ground at 40 degrees nice. out of the well. So it's that's cold per- no matter perfect. what. Yeah, I enjoy it. I don't need ice a lot of time. I, except for now I have the one percenter fridge. Mm. And I kind of do like the ice in the summer. I've been appreciative, but I don't need it. Well, your refrigerator really kicks out the cold water. Oh, it does. Well, it's, it's, I always found it weird that there's ice dispenser with the cold water that comes out of the fridge. It's like, unless I'm getting like a huge ass mug of water. It's like the water's going to be as cold as, almost as cold as the ice cubes anyway. Why do I have to get ice? Well, my fridge doesn't even have to work hard to make it cold. It's 40 (laughs) degrees when it comes out. Yeah, then it's like, yeah, that's pretty energy efficient. Yeah, so I mean, it makes it nice. (laughs) I don't know. It's been a really weird, it's been a really weird last month. I mean, because it's been about a month since we podcasted. Just about. By the way, we're still here. We are. In case you were wondering. We didn't die. Um, But honestly. We're not, I promise that we're not AI replacements. Oh, no, the podcast we're not. Host you love. I don't know what you're talking about. <clears throat> the heat dome didn't They're kill us. They're going to shut us down for that. Whoops. Oh, well, damn that's it. supposed to tell them that we're the AI replacements. We are? Yeah. Well, we're, we were talking about inflation because the other day I went and bought chicken food, and chicken food was usually 15 bucks a bag, and it became twenty four ninety nine a bag mm-hmm. just in three weeks. And so I was thinking that is just insane. And there's a weird magical storm of you've got crop failure because it was cold and then drought and then heat. Mm-hmm. And then all of the excess feed goes to feed the livestock for us to eat. It's been a weird year for and then weather. We have all this. Yeah, it's. Been I, I have my theories on it because if, if you guys remember, and I'm not, I'm not trying to get because uh, I'm not an expert here. So just take this with a huge grain of salt. This is literally just me thinking and speculating and talking about it. That's okay? what our show's about. Not even really a hypothesis necessarily. This is just me talking. It's just a what if, okay? Like a, a hypothetical, I guess. So, um, so during the pandemic. Right, mid pandemic lockdowns and everything were going on. Everybody was freaking out. Nobody knew what to do, and we were all about to kill each other. It's true. Um, there was all these like news articles and pictures on social media and stuff of like the skies in big metrop- metropolitan areas were a lot cleaner than they usually were. Air quality went up like massively, and then you also had like like in Venice in Italy. Like, the water was see-through, and that's never happened, no ever. cruise ships were there. Yeah. Yeah. It hasn't happened since they made the fucking canals. And then there's all these, like... So what if, like, that caused weather patterns we just didn't predict? Well, it's been... Because it did change the climate a little bit. It had to have. There's some weird stuff, too. As a farmer, I pay attention to my local flora and fauna. We have no yellow jackets, or very few. Oh, that we is the no weirdest nets. thing, too. We have no bugs that we normally have. Normally, we are just absolutely... 
like invaded by yellow jackets out here. I mean, obviously, we, we this is what happens when you build towns and cities and stuff in a forest. Like even Spokane, Washington, main like parts of it were from a, a forested area of the valley, mm-hmm. and it was just always covered in yellow jackets. This nothing. is what happens. There's nothing. Not almost none this year. Like a, a few here and there. Like my, really rare. My stock tanks are usually just covered in them. And yeah. There's nothing. It's so creepy. I don't get it. Well, and it's and the trees, all the plant, like my lavender, because I have a lavender farm, and because it was cold and then drought, because three weeks ago it was in the 30s at night. And then all of a sudden we have all this heat. My plants are in this weird sort of phase where half of them are like some of the, on one plant you'll have not budded out, completely bloomed out, half grown, not it's, half grown. And it's, I've never seen it like this. It's really weird. And I'm wondering if like the lockdowns had something to do with the weather pattern changing. Because we I'm, I'm not saying it's bad or anything, but it's, I'm just speculating like what if, because we did make a lot of changes during the lockdown. A lot of, you know, there's just the, the variables change. So, and then weather patterns happen to change and I'm. Correlation is not causation by any means, but there could be something there. To well, and emissions think about. dropped com- catastrophically. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah so it's like whether you so believe what if, what if in the anthropogenic planet, global warming. What if the yeah, planet like, cycles adapted to the carbon emissions that we've been putting out? They could have. And like this, so changing them obviously is going to change some cycles that were different because of it. I'm not sure. Well, the last time we had this much we just, heat we in just the summer, had gotten, we had just gotten, gotten used, used to, to how the planet was adapting to those changes and emissions. Well, I'm excited about this winter because last time we had this much heat in the summer, we got snowpocalypse. Yeah, I wouldn't mind a snowpocalypse, to be I, honest. I would like it because... First of all, the winter would be a little warmer. It's it usually would. a little warmer, and I don't mind that at all. I, I, I don't mind getting out and shoveling the snow when it's also not negative two degrees outside that's not a big deal well we typically you know in the pacific northwest it was like 30 and snowing during the day and 20 when it was sunny out you know yeah. like that was instead of this it's slush fest which i hate oh slush fest I hate slush worst. fest or it's like negative two yeah we'd always get like a week of cold weather in the winter but never very much extended if we get that snowpocalypse and maybe some of the people coming here would think twice because uh, our be... population it's not... I, I moved here three years ago or roughly, maybe a little more. Um, you were born in the Pacific. And it seems right? like the population in our area has doubled at least since just in three years. If not more. Because it really wasn't that bad when I moved here. Like any time of day you pick to go driving, it was, even at rush hour, it was still pretty moderate traffic. Now it's like... It's chaos. Uh, it's it's chaos. like bumper to bumper everywhere now. And our, and our infrastructure was not set up to deal with that and they didn't know what to do and they still and they didn't and obviously are like they're not going to be able to predict that kind of migration so well i was taking i took my son to get his sports physical thursday and he has to have a concussion test because they have to have them two times in their high school career and um every single person well one there's a sign that says if you have these symptoms don't come in but once again people don't read the signs but every single person that came in that door one had symptoms of covid and two were from a different state and i'm like you guys like (laughs) And they were all over 50. Yep. So I don't... Well, yeah, that's most of the people who've moved here. I don't know what that means. It's interesting to me. Yeah. And they just wanted drugs, which was funny. The way they talked so openly and candidly, I was sitting right there. I mean, I'm going to hear what you say. Like, they want all these steroid shots for their arthritis. And I'm like, you could just eat less sugar and you wouldn't have inflammation. Because you can tell. That's true, yeah. They could hardly walk. Some people have destroyed joints because they worked a lot of labor. And, you know. But this is just. you could. It was funny how they're just like, I want well, drugs. I want drugs. It's partly. It is partly the medical it's like community's fault. Too. Medical scientists' fault. Because particularly, like, general physicians. They just simply What they'll treat. do is be like, well, 
Instead of telling you, it's way easier to, instead of telling you to change your lifestyle. Because they've realized people don't want to hear that shit. It's not just the doctor's fault. It's obviously the patient's fault too. But the doctors, instead of actually doing the hard thing and telling people to change their lifestyle first, before prescribing drugs, says, well, I just take this drug. Get out of my hair. Yeah. Well, it's about volume instead of quality of life. It's it's one of the many factors that makes the American medical system broken. It's not holistic. Uh, I like though this doctor at this particular but... establishment. He was funny. The little lady up front, she's like, oh, no, the doctor doesn't do that ever. <laughs> he doesn't give steroid shots. And I was like, and it kind of yeah. just shut the woman down that was requesting him. Because, yeah, it's just a temporary fix. Yeah. It's not going to make you feel better. Exactly. I don't know. Because at the same time, she had like a sugar drink in her hand. And I was well, like. Well, go figure. Yeah. Oh, I wonder why your body's fucked up. Yeah, I don't know. It's. Uh, I've cut sugars out quite a bit. Until Katie makes fucking fritters. It's only once a week. I know. I no, that's fine. That's my fault. I'm not blaming you. I only eat sugar on game night. Mm. I've limited it to that because uh, if, you know, we're... Al- I, I try to limit mine. I, it's, I don't know if it, maybe it's just because I got older. I started feeling the effects of it more. It's because your metabolism changes yeah. after about 30. So I just, and it's not happy when I eat sugar anymore. I kind of feel like shit. It's just not, it's not pleasurable when I'm not young. Well, I, I used to eat it at every meal until I broke that whole thing at about, about your age, actually. Yeah. And then now when well, I eat it, I just, like yesterday, Robbie, my nephew took me and we all got ice cream cones and I hadn't had one in like a decade. So I got a huckleberry one. Ooh. Well, I just had a milkshake, so. Well, and I don't normally eat sugar. Rare. That's rare. And it didn't hurt me because I hadn't ate very much that day, and it was the middle of the day, I yeah. guess. But if I had ate more, I probably would have felt gross. Yeah. For, for once in my life, I control myself, and I got a, the smallest milkshake that they offered. Well, Usually, I would be like, give me, the, give me a gallon of fucking huckleberry milkshake give now. Give me the giant I want one. as much as a cup as you got. I want the America size. Those prep tubs in the back. Fill it with milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's just a two-portion control. Yeah. I don't know. I read this neuroscientist. Thing. He was like 80-some years old. He's like, you don't need a lot of food. Americans mm. eat more than they should. Uh, you, it, the standard American plate size, it's, when you go buy a plate at the store, is like 12 inches or 10 inches or something. Or a restaurant portion. You got to just get smaller plates, smaller spoons. There is a there is a psychological connection there. There really is. Like, um, uh, all you can eat buffets take advantage of this because they know that you know if people eat too much they are going to go out of business so they limit they actually make the plates smaller the utensils are smaller mm-hmm. the cups are smaller and you would go back for more trips but it's yeah. actually the same amount of food We're, if you had ordered a big exactly Celine, uh, my wife Celine will know because we just watched this uh this food theory on YouTube this has an episode about cheating it because like Basically, what they're going to do is they're going to highly control with psychological tricks the more expensive food, like the meats. Mm -hmm. What they're going to do is they're going to put like a bouncer looking motherfucker cutting the meat. And he's gonna he's gonna look at you like he's judging you the whole time you're getting you're up there for your fourth serving of prime rib. Meat master. Yeah, exactly. But they they're they're very good at this, particularly in Vegas. Oh yeah. Where they have obviously way more volume of customers, and of course they have to kind of control their food first. But what they'll do is like put. Big portions of carbohydrates first in the lines oh, so yeah. that you fill up on carbs and then you don't want to come back for the expensive meats and foods and veggies and stuff. What's well, the whole point of salad you eat bars? That bread. Don't if, eat the bread. That's if the you key. eat the salad bar and the bread, you're going to yeah. be too full to eat the dense food. Exactly. Yeah. I, no, so what you do at a buffet is you say, fuck the bouncer guy. I paid my money. I can come here and eat all I want. There's no contract that says I can only have two portions of steak. Go straight for the meat and eat 10 steaks. And don't care. Here's the here's the, what you need to tell yourself. Everybody else there is also there to be fat. You don't have to worry about being judged. Well, it's true. Well, I <laughs> I remember my stepson and I. We got the soup bowls and used yeah. to hit the ice cream machine mm-hmm. because why you? Because it is. It's like yeah. this bowl the size of my palm, and I have tiny hands, and I'm like, now nah, yeah. I get the big bowl. At the very least, like fill up on desserts. 
on dessert. That's what you really want to do. Ah, uh, yeah. But go straight for the dessert table. Just eat, just eat the desserts. Or the meat. Well, and I salad bars. I guess just eat what you want. Oh, here's a big a Sasquatch. Just Tom knows came what I'm in. talking about. He likes dessert. He just came in the room. Here. He's getting headphones. Yeah. We uh. we take the the giant beast with you. Yeah. Is Kara is, is doing okay? She's fine. Okay, good. Okay, we had to do a little positive check there. Oh, positive check. So, okay. um, but yeah, like it, it's just been it's been a weird month. You're right. A lot of things have happened. Oh, I'm I'm. The exhausted. world hasn't ended because you haven't left really the farm much. So that's good. It's positive. I haven't. I feel not, like it. Not for an extended. Oh, I didn't of time. stay the night anywhere, right? Yeah, exactly. Except I think. Well, I did stay the night one night, but it was short enough time that it didn't really count because I was on the farm and exactly. then I was gone and then I was back. Well, you didn't tell Randy either, our DARPA guy. So that's true. <laughs> so the world. It's probably really his fault because he what? knows when you're leaving. So then he hits the switch on the switchboard to make chaos in the world. And I kind of feel you like know it's, how those DARPA guys are. They are, and I think it's sort of a radius thing. If I'm within a 50 mile bubble, <laughs> it seems to be okay. Yeah, it it's is. When it I go outside like, the the radius, yeah. it's a problem. Just don't leave Bonner or Kootenai County. Much. I'm not It'll either okay. for a while yeah. because of the stupid Rona stuff. I'm yeah. not going anywhere for a bit. Oh yeah, the Delta variants here now. Oh, everybody's sick right now. I know yeah. lots of people that are ill. Um, yeah, you know what? It's better to get. I, I'm in my opinion. And I'm not a doctor. Talk to your doctor. Mm -hmm. But what I am saying is... It's not medical advice. It's probably better just to get natural immunity. Granted, there are variables. Like, if you have what they call comorbidities... Then you should probably... You should really, like, think about... Think twice about certain stuff. Well, Like, it shouldn't be on my shoulders to protect you. It should be on your responsibility to be more careful in public, not my responsibility to have a fucking mask on all the time. And obviously, I have a bit of responsibility to be a little careful, have my hands clean all the time, stuff like well, that. Well, if you're but sick, stay home. That should be yeah, the And if one. I'm sick, I'll stay home. Yeah. Obviously, the whole asymptomatic thing is different, but like... Obviously. It I should don't know. Also, like I said, it should not be on my shoulders to to worry about spreading a, a barely, like, the mortality rate is so low, like it's a barely dangerous pandemic. When it, you should be more careful if you have problems with your immune system. It's not my fault. Well, and we've also, my this friend was This is the whole thing. We all kind of have to work together a little bit. She was saying the idea that I'm responsible for somebody else's health is very dangerous because both sides of the political spectrum use that to control people. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. Yeah, and so... And the, and the entire thing is just one big propaganda campaign. Well, no matter what side of it you're on, it is just big propaganda campaign and i'm kind of getting tired of it i watched the speaking of when i was in the doctor's office the nurse actually almost got in a disagreement with the lady from florida because the lady with florida is like i'm fully vaccinated and the nurse is like well i had a case today already of a fully vaccinated person with covid that doesn't mean you mm -hmm. don't have it and the lady was trying to argue with her and then there are you vaccinations work is, if yeah. there's a mass amount of people get them but you still i have friends whose kids were vaccinated yeah. against whooping cough still got whooping cough well here's the thing about vaccines like you're gaining the a piece of a puzzle that helps your immune system fight whatever it is, a virus, usually. Yep. Okay? That doesn't mean, like, you have a shield around you that the virus can't enter your body. No, 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 no. The virus is still going to get in your body, yep. but your immune system just has, like, a precedent to go off of on fighting it. It's That's all it is. So, the, once, if, there's, if, the, if the virus is still in your body, while your immune system's fighting off, it could still be multiplying to a degree, and you could still be spreading it. It's not like... This end-all, be-all of, like, COVID solutions. Yeah, I It's never... definitely effective to a degree, though. I'm not saying it's not effective at all. 
But it's not like this magical shield that you get around you because you have it. It's stupid to think well, that. Well, and I think that's kind of what they were thinking. At least well, this yeah, particular lady I watched because Some she was sort of that, irate. Yeah. And I was like, well, she's like, I'm in healthcare. Well, I've had it since January. Well, and I'm like, that If does... she was in healthcare, she would probably know exactly what's going on. I think she was, she was probably lying. a CNA or something. Because yeah. I, I don't it's really know. a billing specialist. Nothing to do with medical anything. Well, I just thought <laughs> it was interesting, the arrogance level. And, and there's a lot of arrogance on all sides. It's been bothering me lately. Because there's no just courtesy. That's lock. That's called lockdown syndrome. I guess so. We've been saying that about the airplane. People on airplanes are just fucking losing it anymore. They and are. airplanes alone, like, they were already a stressful situation. You're locked in a pressurized tube with a couple hundred people around you that you don't know. Mm-hmm. And you're breathing in each other's farts. And it's stressful because you could all just die because of some kind of mechanical failure at any time. But also, a lot has changed in our culture. Flying on an airline used to be, like, this event. Yeah. Like, you were treated like a guest. You were treated like a special person. Now it's just this now over Now you just the cattle yeah. in. Yep. Over-corporatized, like, just horrible experience. Because I've much. flown a even lot Even on first last... class. Like, you'll hear these... Oh, yeah. It's... You'll hear these, like, rich people even bitch about how first class sucks, too. It's not the same. It's well, real... real rich people now, they charter yeah. or own their own jet. They're not going to travel with the, pu- the yeah, public. Yeah, well, that's part of the problem. Well, and... Because they'll, tra- they'll have a private jet burning all sorts of hydrocarbons way up in the atmosphere. But you can't have But it's our personal responsibility as individuals to take care of climate change. Those same people flying the private jets are the ones telling us that. It's You're like, touching come on. on something that irritates me highly, yeah. which is but the it, hypocrisy we, of it. We don't need to get too much into hypocrisy no. because I, I, we could literally spend a whole fucking 30 episodes on that. But you have an H <laughs> word that I want to talk about. You said you had an insight. Tell yes. Me the insight. So I had a massive like revelation about hypothesism because Katie and I, we still want to like push the whole concept, but we've been but having you- trouble like really like conceptualizing it and but I, I kind of did. It, it, it's at least a revel- it's like a it's like a I found like kind of a step towards conceptualizing it better, and it, it's uh, situational too. So I was uh, fucking scrolling through Twitter, hmm. like I usually do. Sometimes it's fun, and sometimes it's toxic, and it's just what it is, right? But you know, you, you know how you do. You scroll through Twitter and you read stuff. And I, I started do. reading arguments about uh, uh, what was it? I think it was a Candace Owens tweet. Okay. She was talking about how she's not getting the vaccine. Okay. And so there was just just massive thread of arguments about the vaccine. As usual. To, as usual. And yeah. whatever. Some people are nice about it and most people are not. But the more I read through these arguments, I was just like, oh, you know what? It, no, what it was, that was the first step. Okay. And so I started seeing just these patterns in the arguments and stuff. Well, I got really fucking bored and tired of this. The same old argument, you know, we see all the time. It, it kind of started to bore me, so I switched. I switched and started scrolling more, and I found a tweet from um, uh, what was it? Oh my my brain fart. It's okay. Ponder. It's Candace Ponder. Owens. The vac- people are arguing about the vaccines. And there was a different. There was another argument people were having about. Oh, it was the Tucker Carlson ordeal where he says the NSA spying on him. Oh, I heard about that. And I've been trying to follow this a little closely. I've always been a big like like anti intelligence community kind of person like i really don't like the intelligence apparatus as it is now it's very authoritarian very dystopian it scares the shit out of me i don't like that they're beyond the rules yeah and and i don't really have a lot to say about tucker carlson's specific situation i don't think there's enough evidence but that's what led me to my revelation because everybody on there was arguing as if they knew exactly what was going on and they know everything based on a couple very speculative articles that are opinion pieces talking about how Oh, uh, it was because he uh, 
was talking to someone who was being spied on. And then there was just this massive argument about it. And I'm just like, so here was my revelation. It's like, guys, we don't have to always form an opinion. No. I don't, I think that it's important to form a hypothesis based on what limited data you have. That's fine. But don't marry the hypothesis. Don't form an opinion until there is evidence on either side, at least to go off of before you really start digging in. Because that was what I saw was there's literally no evidence that he was spied on and there's no evidence that he was not. There was some sketchy shit on one side, sketchy shit on the other. It was literally all this this big, like, confusing mess. Okay, so, but you're talking about the concept of people marrying their identity to yeah. their opinion. because when you form an opinion, dangerous. so what, I, what I've gathered in my, I was thinking about this really hard. When you form an opinion, specifically the word opinion, something in your brain always ties it somehow to your identity because it's your opinion. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're using like identity factors involved in making any opinion So that when you people make. attack your opinion, they're attacking yeah, you. Yeah, so you take it way more personally when someone attacks your opinion, even if they have facts to back whatever their, their argument is. Oh, you're not going to listen. They're not going to crack through as hard as if... It's different if you just have a hypothesis because the whole idea of a hypothesis is I don't have any of the data yet or maybe some very, very limited data. So based on what I do know... Even if it's wrong, here's what I I think might be the case. That's kind of what a hypothesis is, okay? Okay. And this is what drives you to get that data in science, anyway, particularly. But you don't have it doesn't have to be limited to just science. And this is what I realize is that, especially when you when it's a case like the Tucker Carlson thing or the COVID vaccines specifically, uh, or anything like that. What is the point of forming an opinion? There is none. No, it's true. you don't know better than anybody else. A lot of it is arrogance. Yeah, exactly. Because you're That's claiming the that you're well, in, in our modern society, postmodern society, you're claiming your opinion is truth and fact. That's when the in thing about actually, opinions. Yeah, it's only a thought based on what data you have available. Exactly within your brain, an opinion basically means I'm right about this based on what I know. And then because but you don't know, and because the internet takes away that face to face aspect, people are a lot more like like they're just more arrogant about it yeah because they don't have to especially on the internet if you walk up to another human and you say you're an effing moron because you like tucker carlson (laughs) you say it to their face (laughs) oh Um, you're probably gonna get punched or some kind of aggression will be triggered yeah whereas on the internet the worst you're gonna get is some down votes and then you'll also have an echo chamber because what's happening is people are starting to spend more and more time with only people that have their opinions so you have this echo chamber thing going on which is really dangerous because our friend just got back from Washington and I was I kept pondering what she talked about that oh that everybody has an Idaho boner and I was like (laughs) what is what does that mean and she was talking about that freedom the idea of freedom is so reprehensible to people that are statists that they call it an Idaho boner that really bothers you guys want to know what the essence of freedom is again this is just kind of my my speculation on it but so it's your opinion uh, yeah based on like what the founding fathers wanted us for to have for freedom and based on what Cultures who are oppressed want as their freedoms. Uh, the essence of freedom is being able to make your own choices. It's called self-determination. But guess what? That requires an actual hell of a lot of responsibility. Yes. You have to fight for that freedom. You have to uphold that freedom. You have to like think about other people's freedom when you start to become more authoritarian like with your beliefs. It's there's responsibility involved in that freedom, well, and yeah. so that's why everybody seems like they want to be enslaved. Not everybody, but I'm generalizing. The vast, but there's a well, lot of people. Who, there's a lot of people who just seem like they want to be enslaved. Like think about the the old the average Joe Schmo who fucking slaves away at the office. They don't really care to look into facts they go about to Home politics. Depot they go to and buy home, some hoses. Yeah, they just know? they just live their life on autopilot because they're seeding. They that. don't want to be free because that. 
it kind of just sh- literally shatters everything they're every principle they're living in their well, life by in work. the first place. Yeah. But then it's also like then they have to gain that extra responsibility of like learning shit in order to make good decisions for yourself to keeps you free. But so, so then you actually have to do a lot of like learning to to know facts about stuff to to be free. It's there's a lot of responsibility. A lot of people don't want that. They just want to be enslaved. Bitching about CNN or Fox to... News, depending upon your predilections, like does that yeah. make you feel more free? It doesn't. Because well, well I think, it is freedom of speech in a way. But I'm, well, I'm just wondering if that gives them the illusion that they are making their choices when in actuality they're yeah. being marketed into their own little sheepfold. It's like, true. It's like it's not like these places have haven't figured out how to like counter that crap by now. Well, and guys, we're not on a pedestal here. We're all guilty. No, no, I'm no, guilty no, yeah. of this too. I've been marked. We all go down too. the we all go down the path sometimes. Well, and that's yeah. the difference when you're talking about hypothesis versus being so cemented in your opinions that you don't have any neuroplasticity. Yeah, exactly. I, I want to take myself out of my ego once in a while. I've been reading yeah. about this a lot and then consider something from outside that. I, my opinion is tied to my identity. It's like, am I really going to die on this hill? Like, what is the point of me thinking this? Do I need to get new information? Exactly. But that takes work. And I, I think we're I, all lazy. I just point. want I just want people to stop. I, I, I just want to change people's mindsets a little bit with this. Because, again, opinions, it, when, you're, when you're making an opinion, it's like this mode in your brain that it, I'm right. This, I'm right about this. These are the facts. And you're going to fight for that. Again, it ties into your identity somehow. There's like the, these neural pathways that it creates when you have an opinion. You got to change that into just like, I actually don't. So the, my, my whole point was like, and I've been actually talking to people on Twitter about this and is like, why can't you just admit you're agnostic? Because we don't know. There is not enough data to be f- like factually correct in this. I have a lot of respect for people that admit they're agnostic because yeah. really people that are so ideologically cemented in their, yeah. that's an opinion, yeah. a belief is they, at least as an agnostic, they say, hey, I, I just, in this point, I lean towards this, whether it's atheistic or monotheistic or whatever theistic. As far as like, do- like yeah, doctrine. religious do- doctrine. But at the same time, I'm willing to admit that I don't know. Yeah. And that, what's wrong with that? Exactly. Like, but agnostic, agnostic, um, agnostic, like the meaning of the word, it just means you don't know. And you're admitting it, yeah. which I think takes a lot of cojones. And, and if you admit, in, in any case where there's an, any kind of debate or argument, if you if if everybody kind of just admitted we don't actually know for sure, but here's hypothesis, okay? What that will do is steer the conversation towards the facts, towards getting the and facts, away from personal and attacks. away from this war that we fight nowadays. Also, I've been reading about trauma, which most people do not resolve their trauma. Everybody experiences trauma growing up. Everybody, yeah. even if you think you have the most perfect childhood, you have some form of trauma. If you are not feeling safe, and I'm not talking about, like, not triggered, I mean literally physiologically and psychologically safe, your middle ear will not engage. So you Mm. will actually not hear anything anybody says because you're in a fight-or-flight mode. Oh, of course, yeah. So even on the computer, say you're in an agitated state, you're not going to process anything if you're physically attacked. Yeah, exactly. Which I find very fascinating. The, The big ones here. Oh, there's another one. Oh, he's go ahead, baby. He got annihilated uh, by my my child got bit by a spider, and he's oh, that is a lot. He was shredded. Holy moly! And it's it's yeah, it's a it's a nice war wound. It's like it chewed him. little bites, and then there's the big bite. Rough. Like yeah. Here, and then there's a little bit bites. of necrosis going. It on healed there, up yeah. pretty good though. Yeah. It hurts. It's just a matter of keeping it clean. Is okay, Neosporin, go, go. Sorry, yeah. and so, once again. But, but that that's basically kind of. I love the, it. the gist of the revelation I had because it was I was actually able to apply it. I made because I, I I I wanted to just give in to my instincts and just jump into the argument as if I know better. Well, that feels but good. I, but it was the realization that I actually don't know better. 
I don't have enough evidence that he's not being spied on. I don't have enough evidence that he is. I just have have to go on what he says and what the NSA says, and you can pick that apart for years. Because that was did, very cryptic and pro- propagandist. You took it out of belief sector. <laughs> it's not a personal belief, and yeah. you opened yourself up to, I wrote a note about opinion plasticity, because that's going to have to go into hypothesis and manual, too. Exactly. And that's kind of really the overarching theme of hypothesis, why we even wanted to start in the first place, because we see so many people fighting over their pretty much incorrect opinions. And nobody wants nobody wants to admit that they just don't know. Why can't we just do that more? It's really simple. Well, I grew up... A lot of things we don't know. Even scientists don't know. I grew up having to admit to doing things that I didn't do just to keep the peace. So right. I actually have no problem admitting I don't know. But on my insides, I have very definite opinions. And so I have to make yeah. sure I go and take the time to examine them. And you know, that's the problem. It takes time. You do have to revisit opinions often. You too. Because you're always getting new data on everything. Well, and what's Just by cool, the essence of being alive and experiencing things every second. In two weeks' time, let's see here, well, three weeks' time, I will no longer have an extra job. So I would really like to take... It, what we're working on with hypothesis is going to take a fair amount of research because there's a lot yes. of different threads that we're pulling. I want to avoid it just being like a Facebook group that turns toxic in six months. No, I, I want it to be sort of like... A, a toolkit that you can grab things because people have already discovered what we're talking about. We're putting it. Yeah, in this a, is not like it's a brand new concept because there's elements of stoicism. There's elements of like different yeah. things that research. And we just want to make it palpable. Well, and to fit the time we're in because there's a lot of wisdom you can revisit it, like you were talking about, mm-hmm. and you can pull threads from it that fit your scenario. A lot of us are overworked. We're unhealthy. Yeah. Both mentally, physically, and, you know, spiritually. And and everything is based on an individual basis. Well, and that's something that is a passion of mine. I think education should be fully customizable to the individual. Yeah. You know, if you don't uh, learn to read... Maybe someday, ten, but right now it's just... They're in, it's bureaucracy. They seem to be indoctrination centers instead of, like, education centers But now, there are so people trying. We're, like, literally losing the concept of education. And I think that it should be that way for work. It should be that way for everything in healthcare. It should be customized to the individual. Just because yeah. there's a metric that most humans fit, not everybody's going to fit that. You can make some noise. It's, it's all right. You. Yeah. You're allowed. <laughs> it's a, he's heading off to Silverwood. <laughs> it's like when I was at work yesterday. Uh huh. There was this big guy that came in. And you know, on Stump High, you only can fit in the seats. Yeah. And he's like, you guys need to make fat, friendly roller coasters. <laughs> And well, he yelled out across the entire store, and we were just standing there awkwardly, like, what are we supposed to do? Yeah, what are we supposed to do? I've never heard... Well, Fat Friendly is a different podcast, because I could talk for hours. <laughs> As a we former... Will, we will eventually do an episode on that, or at least a segment or something, because... Well, and we yeah. need to talk about it, because something that bugs me... As a former obese person, I understand all the feelings that all of you have gone through. I know the awkwardness and the uncomfort, and mm-hmm. I, I love it. accepting people for they are, but it is not acceptable to say that being obese is healthy. Yeah. I'm sorry. You don't have to impose your needs of obesity on other people either though well, especially this, to like a company that has to spend money on it there is a um movement right now where it's supposed to be like fat is fantastic and it's like no individual humans are fantastic mm-hmm. but that is not good for you yeah there's a lot of people who are against that just because of the health aspect i had a it doctor a tell me health. one time that i was just supposed to be fat an actual md and Jesus. he told me, well, that you're just going to, this is, some people are just this way. And and I broke, I've kicked that guy Naturally, yeah. Gen- genetically, some people are more predisposed to be obese, but that just means you kind of got to work at it. What it is, is you, you have to, to find, you have to go hit the obstacle and try different things that fit you. Yeah. Because obviously I'm 70 pounds thinner than now. So how did that work? Because here I have someone that was an expert who is trained. Because there's this big thing about... Are they really an expert, though? Well, but the thing is, is there, there's this big thing where we're not believing...
believing our scientists. And a lot of that is because they sold their souls to marketing and grant dollars. There's actually something else to that, too. It's because slowly and surely the scientific community has shifted into a religious dogma. Mm -hmm. It's scientism now. Our spiritual void... That's part of it. So then you actually have people suspicious of it because of that. Well, government's a religion. Science... Our religious void... I was reading about... This is really funny. People who call themselves evangelical... It used to be 70% of our country. Mm. Now it's way less. I think it's down in the maybe 20 or 30%. Yeah. But there was Protestantism. Protestant Christians took a huge nosedive too. They've actually ticked up as we've gotten more fundamentalists. And yeah. evangelicals have gone down. It's because people are getting tired of fundamentalism. People are just getting tired of authoritarianism in general. Well, and that's the problem. Religion is not about control, but humans always yeah. make everything about control. I think it's also a neural dissonance problem because all of our childhood, at least most of us, I don't know about Gen Z now because of how the whole... Everything's indoctrination has been changed. Yes, now it's government. <laughs> um, but but at least for my generation, I know before mine it was the same. We were told, basically brainwashed into think this is a free country, the freest country of all. Eagles and American flags and guns, and at but, least in my area personally. But be this way, or you're not part of the herd. <laughs> yeah, but we were like told and told again and told again and told again, and we had the pledge of allegiance and the fucking national anthem at schools. We had all this like patriotism in schools, if you want to call it that. Okay, and we were led to believe that. We're going to be in a very free country and nobody was going to oppress us. Now we've gone the diametric opposite. Yeah, now it's like everything is an authoritarian issue now. And somehow... Well, and what's causing us dissonance is they're saying that all that stuff that we had was bad because it was oppressive and racist. That's the but new, they're being racist the and oppressive yeah. by doing it. It's that, very weird. That, that's like the new narrative is like, America's actually bad. Yeah, but they're being oppressive by trying to unoppress. Well, yeah, but they don't have to. Tie, they don't have to say they are. They well, I was to, reading the They story. get to pretend that like they're they're a nurturing, wonderful thing. They're not, and they need to they need to embrace that instead of like patriotism. And now they've even linked. The, the, have you, did you read the recent CNN article about the flag? Oh God! How they're see, they're basically so basically the new leftist organizations. They're um, like ceding patriotism to the far right, like QAnon. So now like. They, were, they, were, they did this article in CNN, I'm going to butcher it a little bit, but like the gist was like, now when you see an American flag in someone's yard or hanging off their truck, oh, they're QAnoners. They're, they're, they got to be Trump supporters or QAnon people. But and as a, good a person majority who's of people a critical thinker, way. can you not see the propaganda yeah. in that? It's like yeah. you're doing well, if what's, then. Exactly. But what's, what's wrong with being a patriot and loving America like we're supposed to? This is America. Well, I was talking to Tom about this yesterday. The flag represents an ideal that people make mistakes. Ideals are good. And when they're used to oppress people, they're bad, which has happened throughout history. But that doesn't mean that all of the ideals or what we stood for or what we fought for were bad. And somehow it's become all bad or all good. Do you notice that? And the people that are controlling the narrative are not good people. And this is where the neural dissonance come in with people like us. We kind of, I sit in the the middle. But it's a spectrum, so you're always going to be somewhere kind of new. But most, if not like a very big majority of people in this country specifically, sit somewhere more towards the middle than on the extreme right or left or top or bottom of that squid. Because our spec- our political spectrum is now based on this chart they made where it's a, a two-by-two grid. And you have, like, one side is uh, liberal, one side is conservative. On the top is, like, authoritarianism, and the t- bottom is liberalism. I don't know. If, Lib- I, I might have got those backwards but on yeah, the directions. Yeah, you're talking about but, the pike, yeah. And so you're going to – any any normal person is going to sit somewhere towards the middle – 
but it's going to move around a lot depending on what you're actually talking about or thinking about it. Well, the yeah, because I'm social. I'm socially more liberal than I am fiscally and economically. I'm more conservative on that one, and yeah. that's just because I believe in being responsible with other people's resources. So I tend to be more frugal. Yes. Whereas, so you're going to sit conservatively. But when it probably comes more to towards how libertarianism, people, very much. When it comes to how people live their lives, mm. I want you to leave them alone. Yeah. I want to be left alone. That and that's. I was reading the story of Laverne Cox this morning, who's a transgender actress, and. What a neat story that I was reading about this mm-hmm. person, and it really bugged me because I was talking to Tom yesterday also about if you could just divorce your opinions and your beliefs from actual data, like we were talking about, yep. you would leave people alone because what you feel and think is not the same as what this other person feels and think, and you don't exactly. have the right to oppress them with what you has, think is right or wrong. Everybody has a different perspective. Yes. Uh, um, there's this video game. So what I've been doing in the heat wave lockdown. Oh, yes. Of, oppre- of, of weather oppression. Weather oppression. Damn weather. <laughs> This mother nature being an authoritarian here. Yeah. <laughs> Such a bitch. Her goddamn her goddamn temperature propaganda wave. Yeah. I could go on all day. I love it. Okay. Oh, sorry. But I've been oh, playing right. this video game. Are you still Mass Effect? It's called Mass Effect. Yeah. It's a very big video game by the company BioWare, who's made just nothing almost nothing but bangers. Sure. Um but it's very cool. It's about um I'm trying to think of the gist without explaining the whole story. Because I could literally be like hours long. But basically, like, it's about, like, we discovered this ancient technology on the South Pole of Mars, and that led us to this thing called a mass relay, and that was connected to another mass relay way out in, in the other side of the galaxy, and that connected to what was called the Citadel, which is, like, the the big, like, cosmic government okay. was stationed there in the Citadel. And um, that led us to, like, realize there are alien species everywhere, all populated around the galaxy. And then, but what it, t- it touches on a lot of cool things in this game, like racism between the species and, mm-hmm. like, the, basically the perspectives of every species compared to the other and the different events that shaped how the, the, the world was. In the, so Bioware is one of the best companies at, like, world building as far as in video games. Because human themes trickle into everything yeah. we make. So they literally poured details on every little aspect of this of this world building that they did, and it was amazing. But, yeah. So it's it, cool. It, but it was cool. It's, it's given me a little a little perspective, too, on life, a little bit, on <laughs> life on Earth like now. A, I like a good Even though we don't have, like, connection with alien species yet or anything, but it's like... Yeah. So it, gave me, it gave me a an idea about perspective, of things because everybody has a different point of view, and that was that was portrayed a lot in that game. And you just because you someone has a different point of view is not an attack on you personally. That's something exactly. I wish people would absorb. It just means they're different than you, and as long as they are not oppressing you, then you're good to go. Yeah. And the problem is, is that it seems like whoever is the majority now and has the most money and the most power likes to oppress the other group, but they have to say they're right, yeah. and everybody does it. So how do we get past that? That was again touched on in the game. In the game. Um, So I'll I'll go a little brief explanation of part part of it, but that touched. On that? I'll I'll touch on that a little bit. So like, there's this race called the Krogans. And they're very primitive, very warrior. They're all obsessed with battle, very warrior-like. Was that that giant hateful guy? Yeah. Okay. And so, but their species was, they were overpopulating their region of the galaxy and waging war. Mm -hmm. And they're very, very warrioristic. Like a lot of other species didn't really stand a chance. So during galactic warfare, like they they were threatening almost every other species by their population growth. So another species called the Solarians, they look like the gray aliens that we know about now, kind of. Oh, okay, okay. Um, they imposed a genophage, which is like a they they did like they released like a genetic modification on their species so that they could only have a controlled amount of reproduction hmm. to the levels of what they would call normal. 
replacement So that levels. they can't overpopulate and take over the entire galaxy and, and basically commit genocides after genocides. That seems sort of controlling. But it was amazing to see the two different perspectives of the Salarians and the Krogan. Yeah, where yeah. The, the Krogan felt completely oppressed by this. But the Salarian saw it as like, it's not like we're completely oppressing you. Like, we wanted you to be able to reproduce, but only at a manageable level so that you didn't take over the rest of the galaxy. And there was this big, like, argument going on. And then you had another species called the Taurians that were involved. There was the ones directly fighting them at the end of the war, who like, were, like, keeping them in check at the, in, during the war. And they helped out with this. So there was this three different perspectives going on towards the genophage. And it's a, a really big part of the story. It's really cool just to, to see that. How and that see, goes on. each perspective believes wholeheartedly that they're right. Exactly. And that's the thing that people, I feel like the loss of civility we have as a species as humans, because we have a loss of civility. We can't even hardly talk, just go to the grocery store. You're going to see people being rude. Um, you can't even discuss stuff without people taking it personally. Yeah. Like, um, well, you, you know, it, you have to group up with people that are like you. Well, echo chambers just make extremism. Mm-hmm. That's look at Twitter. Exactly. Right now, they're only shutting down echo chambers they don't like, which is just going to make them bigger. So, I mean, I, it's interesting that video game developers yeah. are writing. Well, human well, stories a, don't there change. There was another so. one like that too. So there was this other species called the Quarians, mm-hmm. and they had developed a, a some kind of AI technology to basically help in like like basically what we're trying to do now with Amazon and all the automation and stuff to basically help out with doing work. Yeah, to do the crap jobs. To, to grow your economy yeah. in the in the, in the gal- Without galactic. human drudgery. Yeah. Or so, species drudgery. Well, after years, the they're called the Geth. They became sentient. They started asking, like, why do I exist? Or what was my purpose Oh, the here? AI did? Yeah. So basically, when they discovered that they were built to be slaves... Man, we're getting interrupted a lot. Uh, oh, we are. We are getting interrupted. <laughs> it's okay. Continue. Car keys. There we um, go. So basically, like, when they discovered their... <laughs> when they became self-aware in this... Um, the Corians still wanted them to be slaves, essentially. Well, so then that started a war between the Corians and the Geth. Well, and there's and another so huge perspe- theme. Each perspective was that of, like, because the Geth took over their homeworld, so the Corians were pushed off their homeworld by the, the far superior in technology Geth, who were now self-aware. The Geth pushed them off. They didn't actually want to genocide the Corians. But they didn't want to be enslaved, so they, they were defending autonomy. themselves. Yeah, so you, you get both perspectives from the Geth and from the Corians during the games. And you, it's hard to take a side, even. You're kind of forced, in a way, to take a side. But how, But you can take kind of a neutral approach, too. Like, I see the, how the Geth are right, but also I see... So, basically, you're, you become this, like... You have to become a peacemaker, in a way, between them. Like, to, to show them your perspective as an outsider that, in a way, the, the Geth are just standing up for themselves. They don't want to be enslaved. Would you want to be enslaved? And then the Koreans are like, oh, I kind of see your point. We just want our homeworld back. But then you also talk to individual leaders of different like sects of the Quarians and they're like one is like I hate the Geth we're gonna destroy them all let's go to war let's keep going to war with them so we can get our homeworld back to be only ours and then they were gonna further enslave the Geth by reprogramming them see and that's evil they're sentient yeah but then you had the other it's bad exactly and then you have the other sects of the Quarians who were like I really wish we could just make peace we just need to get our homeworld back so well, you could see both sides, and it was amazing. It again, they're masters of world building. So this was like a really awesome thing to. And it makes me wonder, as humans, with. do we need a massive like a school of diplomacy for to 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 speak between the different groups? I feel like that's something we're missing because the Chinese, like let's say, everybody likes to rag on them, which I'm not super fan of their government, but they might be thinking this is the way things need to be for whatever reasons. And then we have this. I feel like diplomacy is a lost art, it and is. debate is a lost art, and. 
And some of it is intentional. It's become that way, yes. But I want to know what are the tools we need to develop as a species for listening? People do not listen to other people. They are putting everything, and we're all guilty of this, in mm-hmm. our filter for how it impacts and applies to us and hurts our feelings or doesn't hurt our feelings or how does it, how can I use this instead of like looking at it from that? You are looking at it from somebody else's perspective. You could see both sides. Yeah. How do we do that? Because nobody's yeah. doing it anymore. Because obviously one side had like an, an emotional attachment to one idea and the other side the same way. Well, and we see it here. We The state that shall not be named, everybody is feeling negative about newcomers to North Idaho. Yeah, indeed. That, and even me Even me. I felt... And the problem is, it's not that I'm negative about people moving here. I love it here. What I'm negative about is they come here and they haven't detoxed from that which they left. Mm-hmm. And so then they're like, oh, we're going to teach you how to live. Or it's so much they're, better They're colonializing yeah, or the state, basically. So then I start... <laughs> Thinking about how Native Americans must have felt oh, yeah. and how people of color must feel, and it's oh, like, yeah. so. Da- then it- David and I, my father-in-law and I, actually had a, a long discussion about that because Did you? we we do get one side of the story. We get a little bit of the other side of the story, but we don't get the full story. And when you start to dig into the full story, you realize like there were a we did offer a diplomatic solution to that. We offered them, and I'm not saying this was the best exactly ultimatum, but we did offer them to assimilate into the society we were cre- not even we. I shouldn't even say we the 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 Spanish and the, the 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 colonies that were coming over offered them to assimilate or an option to assimilate with them and, and grow the society as they were. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's going to cause some conflicts because it was like when the colonists were coming over, they were very like it was the Catholic Church essentially. Yeah, that's, that's who the government was. They were coming from was ruled by the Catholic Church at the time. This is kind of how it was. And so it was like the, it was it was very evangelical in a way. Like they were coming over, like well, they had manifest destiny. You do you sort of you thing. can assimilate with it, but you also have to assimilate with our religions and our everything. And they also not saw them to. as inferior. Yeah, they and did. but some tribes did indeed take the peaceful option. Okay, well, or if they re, if they peacefully declined, they were given better land with even more resources that they had in the land they where they were being taken from them. Like, not all of them, though, because some tribes were violent and very aggressive in their opposition. And obviously, they're going to get driven farther west and away from the land that they're used to. And also, we need to talk about that a lot. They act like there was no colonialism or expansion or anything before people came from Europe. Yeah, it's not like this was the only colonialism. They all did that to each other. Like, let's go look at the Aztecs and the Mayans. Well, even the Native American tribes were doing it to each other. They were not nice about it either. They were at war long before we even got here. There was lots of tribes at war with each other forever. For literally, as far as they can remember. Colonizing is a human condition. And we should talk about it and we should not exempt groups Something from it because some people should, are better at it than others we should definitely <laughs> move past that as a species like doing it at all well and i want to talk about what is wrong now like right now our cities are a complete cluster they're violent they're out of control i still think that some of this that we're going through is portland's fault i think the earth's punishing us <laughs> because they misbehaved yeah. for a year uh, perspective again though i'm you'll teasing have, I'm you'll teasing have people too. from I, portland say that it's wonderful oh, it's yeah. a wonderful area here we love it and I, go in the background of their video that's burning so it's yeah. like, it's kind of, again, well, one of those things. And I can take myself out of it. It's yeah. more of a joke, but it I grew is, up going to, to Portland as a child. It was a safe place. I could go on the street by myself as a kid. Yeah. It was, it was very... definitely still more liberal back then than you oh, were probably used was. to. But... Well, it was made yeah. up of loggers. Yeah. They Loggers are funny because they're a different kind of person. But yeah, I digress. It's just, we have problems. And instead of talking about and working on the actual problems together, we're just looking for victims and yeah. people to blame. Well, we just want to fight about our opinions instead of actually fight about the, what's causing the issue Do you know why? of opinion dissonance anyway. Because solutions take work. And I think mm-hmm. we're all fucking lazy. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we have affluenza. Life affluenza, is easy yeah. in this country. I wouldn't say it's just affluenza because you also have the people who do just like the working class, especially the lower working class. They're stretched thin. They are, Absolutely. but at the Emotionally same time, and they can and go steal $950 worth of stuff in San Francisco and not get in well, trouble. Yeah. There's That's not weird... really the working class I'm talking about. No, I'm talking about the... I'm talking dic- about blue collar mostly. The blue collar people are stretched thin, but they They're also are living off They're worried about their meals. They're worried about their paycheck, paycheck life, and it's There's so a... stressful and hard to even do anything else outside of that. There's a weird dichotomy right now in between, and, and a lot of it is because not all of us are working together. And like you yeah. said, when you're stretched thin, you don't want to work on problems. Yeah. But then you just, You're worried about your next meal coming in, the next rent payment... Then rent's always going up. But so at the like, same time, I know a stress. lot of those working class people that spend literal hours on Netflix playing video games. That's true. It's so t- kind I think of the vice. Well, and I don't blame them for it. Don't get yeah. me wrong. There's no judgment no, no, We're there. not judging. It's what saying. I'm talking about is if you, something is important to you, you will find the time. Yeah. I've been and reading a do, lot like about that. Like all those fucking people on January 6th found the time. They found the time. And most of those were working class Americans. Well, and that, oh, don't get me started on the insurrection. Well, I don't want to talk about the insurrection No, the, too much. the violent insurrection. <laughs> the violent insurrection. <laughs> <laughs> the, it's just, uh, I, I could literally go on about it all day. But yeah, we won't do I, that. We, none of us know the entire story. Well, There's and then, too many pieces of that story, and we're not getting a clear answer from the media. That's why I try not to We're not getting a have... clear answer from the government. We're not getting a clear answer from... QAnon. And so. too many people have motives yeah. that are nefarious. So I refuse to have an opinion about that because I don't feel like I have enough data to have a solid one. Exactly. The same here. Again, I'm agnostic about it. There I don't go. know what to think about January 6th. Other I know than- that it there I know that there was a lot of reasons it happened, and I know that there's a lot of reasons it was bad, and there's some reasons that it was good. So it's like I'm just gonna remain agnostic and go. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna purely look at data that I that is available and just kind of go. Okay. Only my only but opinion about the insurrection opinion. is that throughout about, history, if a group of people, hundreds of thousands of them, decide to overthrow a government building, it yeah. actually happens, and yeah. that did not happen that day. So I do have an opinion about the fact that it wasn't really an insurrection. Yeah. Well, that, and ironically timed, you have the new uh, insurrection in Myanmar. Myanmar. Or how about Haiti's president getting Haiti's, assassinated? Oh, that was a whole other thing. I do have opinions on that. Yeah, there's a lot of sneakiness there. Uh, my only opinions on that are based on the fact that we're going to worry about Haiti, right? Or at least our at least the, it, the, our president at least put effort into like how response to it, right? Well, what about fucking Mexico, who their leaders constantly get the the silver or lead ultimatum by the cartels? Why aren't we doing anything about that? So obviously that means what that means is their leadership is corrupt and it will never change organically unless somebody steps in and tries to. I put think an end it's to, that. to our benefit for Mexico I, I'm to be still, corrupt. I, I will just... die on the hill that we need to help Mexico out before anybody else. Well, if we're going to be the world police, they're literally our neighbors, and we can solve a lot of problems by taking out the cartel. Well, and I have extended even if family. we're not going to even if we're not going to take over Mexico as part of the United States, if we don't stop the cartel or somebody, let's just say somebody doesn't stop the cartel, doesn't have to be us, but we have the resources. To I do kind it. of have an inkling. We but if the cartel up. isn't stopped, nothing's ever going to change there because their leaders are given an ultimatum: either they comply or die. Like there was literal severed heads thrown recently through the pre- uh, some presidential candidates, like win private home, like over the gates and stuff. Yeah, but I think we fund that. I don't know about that. So that's I one thing sta- I'm not well, entirely sure oh, on. Anecdotally, I, could, I went anecdotally, and stayed yes. in a five star resort in Mexico once. Yeah, and you could feel the money laundering. 
I really do think that that there, I think that that we are a symbiotic organism with Mexico. Oh, There's for sure. Some weird thing there. I for can't. Sure. I don't have all the well, data. Well, just the very act of going and buying cocaine from whatever dealer you're buying cocaine from. That alone that. supports it. Really? Well, and then they have to launder their money, so they launder it through tourist traps uh-huh. that ri- that middle-class Americans go stay in. I mean, there's like Very a true. whole thing there that bothers me, and it's, you can see just beyond the veil if you look. So, like, literally, if somebody doesn't stop these cartels, but it's the, never going to end. It's I literally like going to just keep, people keep getting to, worse. Though, there is a huge difference between Mexico. But the people aren't equipped to do that. Well, were we equipped They're to fight extreme, the greatest empire the world had known? I mean, the, who's going to arm them? They're armed. No, they're not. You can be armed if you want to be armed. Because the fucking cartel controls the arms over there. I love that you can get a thirty-eight pistol and a shotgun in Mexico, but you have to go through a hell of a lot of stuff to do it. That's what I mean. But my thing is, is we... The, the normal populace is not going to have an easy time arming themselves to revolt against the cartels. But if you want something bad enough, yeah. you can do it. Yeah, but I'm just saying that there could be helping hands that prevent, like, the many, many innocent people dying from trying to do I that. I think that we should help them. We're a lot of the cause. I felt that way about Central America. Yeah. We destabilize. We are part of the cause of decentralization in, in Central America uh-huh. as far as our government. Exactly. So I feel like we have an obligation because we not- allowed our government to be paved naughtily down there. I don't have a problem helping them. I yeah. wish people We would- should. We should step we should- in. And there are neighbors, literally. Physically, and, and we're but that, wouldn't that solve part of this border crisis? Wouldn't that solve the war on drugs we've been fighting for decades? That it's well, never going to end unless this ends. I think they don't want it to end. Of course not. Otherwise, it would be. So it's a very simple solution. If but, I can think of that and it would work, obviously someone smarter than me has thought of that. Yeah, but diplomacy and actual governance and politics is never simple because you're dealing with people, and exactly. people want power. So who do we upend? And that's another thing. It's faceless. Mm. Who do you up into in the cartel? There's, there's war? many, many actually. The cartels even at war with themselves because there's some branches of the cartel that want to be in power, and the other ones don't we want to like be in the power. Sinaloas, They're fighting each other. And you have the others. Yep. And- They're buying political power over there. Not even buying, threatening for political power over there. They own some of the police. I think and they this own is, part of the military. Basically, they well, in control. And this of, is my anecdotal. I think as long as scary. Americans are comfortable, we're not going to get stuff done. Oh well, yeah, Tom says that a lot. Yeah. Too, well, and it's but just, he's not I'm, wrong. Well, and it's just because I have... Okay, I know people that have problem with their their adult children mm-hmm. not launching. Okay? <laughs> yeah. One, it is a hard time right now because rent is stupid. There's no, But there are places in this country where you can go afford housing. They're out there. Right. So it's not... If you are comfortable, I'm guilty of this, mm-hmm. you're guilty... You're not going to solve problems because you have uh, no incentive. On that note, another... Uh, some of the issue with that also is like... In, in a lot of areas in the United States now... Your only option is you can go work for Amazon or you can starve to death. This well, is becoming a problem. Because of centralization and there, exactly. there's regulatory burden. It's getting very difficult it's, to it's start It's something we at least thing. need to talk about a little bit because oh, Amazon is has become the biggest employer in the United it States. It reminds me of Demolition Man, like all restaurants oh, are Taco yeah. Bell. <laughs> Fuck, I, I love think, that movie. I think about that a lot, though. Like all restaurants are Taco Bell. Yeah. And it's becoming that way because of all of this monopolization. And I love how the news once in a while parrots, oh, antitrust investigations. Nuh-uh. <laughs> They're letting everybody merger like they've never had before. Yeah. But how, what, well, but then again, you can always find a way around the obstacle. It might not just be the way that you think it is. And it really depends on how hard you want to work. Like, do you want that to be your goal? Do you want to just sit and complain about it? I would not judge you either way. Yeah, I know. People can determine their own def- destiny. Well, absolutely. I, I we have that. the responsibility to determine our own destiny in America. A lot of people are seeding that, though, for comfort. Well, yeah, duh. Well, I know, but <laughs> but then they bitch about it on the internet, and it's yeah. like, but you are part of the problem. Exactly. Because our local um, institutions are completely corrupt. Right now, our entire way of life is being upended for profit. 
Mm-hmm. All of it. This is called a, a corporate dystopia. Yeah, and, and... And we were warned of this, and we didn't heed the warnings. I know, so. 30, 40, 50 years ago, books were written about this. Like That's like the only books they used to write was warning us of the where we were headed. <laughs> you know what, though? There's I mean, good, I'm exaggerating, obviously. There's good things, too, as your is baby. That somebody at the door? Is that you can baby? come in. We have we have visitors again. I know. It's been... Uh, it's, it's been Are nice. you having trouble with the door? I think this is Brady's daughter. And this yep, is kind this of the coolest Tara. episode because, like, life is happening. What's up? I feel kind of lonely. Oh. Well, we're almost done. We're almost done, baby. You can go bug Tom. Where'd he go? Oh, he had to take you into work. Oh, okay. We're almost done, okay? We'll come hang out for a bit. We're almost done. I promise. Okay. Well, we can wrap That's it fine. up anyways. Just gotta be quiet. We're at an We're hour. Done. <laughs> First episode back. I like it. We can call it the revolving door. The revolving door. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the revolving door. It's recording paradigm. your thing. That's fine. Now you're getting recorded. Yeah. Say hi. Hi. This is my daughter. She's eating an apple, She's which is cool. Apple. She got lonely because uh, the we Sasquatches had... left. Yeah, so. the Squatches had to go. We might have to. Gonna go ahead and leave that in for. Yeah, that's for sake. Oh, look it. That's a sound check. <laughs> well, well, that was a good episode. We're gonna, we're gonna be back here uh, a little bit more. One sec, okay. We'll be back making podcasts a little more often. We will. I promise. I think there's less uh, cow shows going on now. So. There's not any till August, and I won't be working then. We're good. Yep. So, uh, on that note, bye. bye. democracy and stuff.